You are now listening to Couch Coach Live. So we're back here on another Couch Coach Live. Of course, I'm joined by my man Bear. What's going on, Bear? What's going on? What's going on? Man, of course, we had two that he'll be coming up. And a few, he had to do his thing, you know, take care of his business. Yeah, man, um, another week of Couch Coach Live, man. So how, how was your week, man? Oh, my week is great, man. Just, you know, door dash, you know. <laughs> and I think we should definitely uh, start a podcast talking about uh, door dash. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we you know um you know definitely when it when it comes to you know once we do the side hustles and what have you we definitely you know we definitely touch base with that one. Um, the week was good. Um, it was a cool week. You know, really relaxing. Um, took care of some business. Um, you know, just you know just another 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 week, and you know get ready to close out our uh, Black History Month. Um, the month of February, which in my lovely state of Virginia. It's been a month to to forget, you know. It's been you know been a little crazy, um, you know. This has been probably by far probably one of the most awkwardest Black History months of all. I mean, it was just very weird. But I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping one day we can do a do over. I'm I'm, you know, I, I, I want I want I want us to celebrate Black History Month maybe in June. I mean, we need right. do over. We need a do over. Right, but I mean, of course, the you know, and you know, things move on, and you know, we you know, in the world of sports, we are living in a world where Dwayne Wade has cornrows. <laughs> right, very <Yeah>. interesting. <laughs> looking like looking like AI with French braids. <laughs> right, but man, today you know what's so funny? Today has been a very very awkward day. First, and we'll start, we'll start with some NFL. We'll talk a little NFL news first. Jason Witten is coming back to the NFL. He will leave his cushy Monday night football job and return back to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's good for the Cowboys because they can use another weapon on offense besides uh, Cooper and Beasley. And uh, Ezekiel Elliott, it's, def- it's definitely going to open up their passing game because you definitely need a good tight end to- that can block and catch in the middle middle of the field. And he's a he's a good downfield threat, a good safety net for Dak Prescott. Yeah. At first, when I first heard this, man, I thought it was a joke. Seriously, because to me, I was figuring it's like, okay, you know, how he gonna come back after one year? And like you said, uh, Jason Witten, like you said, he he is the he's definitely a, 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 a deep threat. He can be somebody who definitely can, um, especially if you're in the red zone. I mean, he's you know he's gonna take care of business in the red zone, and uh, you know. So one of the things, like you said, he he does an excellent job blocking. So that's like you said, that's gonna open up the running game for you know um, Ezekiel Elliott and also. Um, the Smith kid is Jalen Brown's brother. I know that for a fact, but I don't know his. I don't know his. I don't know Jalen brother's name, but he's you know he's the backup running back for the Cowboys. And yeah, I mean it's gonna be very interesting. Now my biggest thing is, um, 
just the simple fact of who's going to take your spot. Who um who would you um who you think is the odds on favor of somebody who you want to be who you want to actually be on Monday Night Football? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Maybe you, Jackson. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think, and you say that as a joke in a sense. Well, well no, because Hugh Jackson, ain't Hugh Jackson in Minnesota? Yeah, Where did he end up going? He's in Minnesota, in Minnesota oh, now. Let me look it up. <laughs> but you know who I think could be interesting? I think Peyton Manning would be very interesting. He's probably probably the most high-profiled athlete that could take his that, that could that that I could see possible. Um, coaching wise, I mean, Marvin Lewis. You know what's funny as it sounds, Marvin Lewis actually does a good job with the AF AF AAF broadcast. And it's funny because it's, it's weird because like like how and it's I guess like you're saying it's it's weird because. Yeah, I guess we really don't hear like coaches talk in that type of. You know, we hear them talk in press conferences and what have you, but to have his perspective during games, it's kind of interesting. It kind of is, is weird because he kind of reminds me of like Brian Billick. It's weird because you know how Brian Billick kind of does a great job of breaking down the game, and it's funny. Like if you close your eyes, like they are kind of a lot alike. I mean, if you actually sit down, you close your eyes, and you be thinking you're listening to like. Or Brian Billick of how he breaks down the game, so I think that's very interesting. I don't think they would do Marvin Lewis. I think that he would be like a, a wild card, but I see. I, I probably see more so a Peyton Manning because I think Peyton Manning is it's interesting. I, you know, so you know that's that's my take on it. Okay. Okay. So you so you so you still uh, so yeah so he was in Minnesota right. Uh, where is Hugh Jackson? He I is say, in. Give me a second. Yeah, because if my memory serves correct, because I know I was, I think I might have said it on here, um, of how I think that's going to help um, Kirk Cousins, which, if my memory serves correct, I think he's there. Um, we got, um, let's see. Football head coach. Let's see. He is, okay. They don't say. That's they don't say. Wow, that's interesting. I don't know why I thought he was, okay, oh, so, okay, okay, there was an article that said uh basically okay yeah so this must be yeah so i don't know yeah so he's he's pretty much a free agent maybe maybe hugh jackson could work yeah i mean he knows he knows he knows football but we'll see yeah, I know it's gonna be interesting, and like a lot of people was giving him hard time about his broadcasting. I mean, yeah, Jason Witten wasn't the best. I mean, because I think we've, and that's the thing how it is is weird how it works. Like, because we're so okay. Well, his best friend is is hitting it out the park, so we automatically gonna assume that he was gonna hit it outside the park. 
and he didn't. And it's just like, you know, so, you know, I mean, it is what it is. And I'm, you know, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad he's back playing football. I definitely didn't like him on Monday Night Football. Especially mm-hmm. after the, especially after the Mason Foster comments, numbers like, dude, I think you need to watch out. Like, right. I'm like, dude, you kind of, I mean, I understand like you want to take a stand and do all the stand third, but that's why that's what this is that's what happens when you become reactive to certain situations. Right. Because the, and guess what, you might see Mason Foster this year. I put it that way. I went not Mason Foster, but Reuben Foster. Pardon me, Reuben Foster. So if you see Reuben, you gonna you probably gonna see Reuben Foster. You you might you know what you probably will have a little nice little matchup on Reuben Foster. Oh yeah. Oh you gonna oh you gonna feel that. You know so you know you know so that's gonna be very interesting. And also some other news that happened today. Bryce Hopper. Bryce Hopper, of course, the former national superstar, is um, heading up north to the Philadelphia Phillies for a whopping 13-year, $330 million. Now, of course, during the, the details of the actual contract, he has a no-opt-out clause in his contract. So basically, he's going to be a Philadelphia Philly until... He's 39 years old, which would be 2031. Ooh, man, that's a long time. It's a long time. Just your thoughts on the on the actual on the on the just the deal. I mean, man, that just made me look back at Kyle Murray. Kyle Murray should stick with baseball. I mean, that's guaranteed money. Yeah. And it's sad to see Bryce Harper leave Washington. I know, I know Washington fans. I know you guys are upset they left, but you know that's what happens when Philadelphia offer that bag. You know, because we Cleveland Indians fans, pretty soon we got to worry about that with Francisco Lindor. He's basically like our best player, and we got to worry about him going to try to go to a big market team that's going to try to offer that bag. Because yep. we're a small market team. Yep. Yeah, he he's he's like y'all, LeBron James. Oh uh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, basically. Because then because didn't he replace the Walmart in Cleveland that that once occupied LeBron James? Uh no. Not okay. Yet, so. Okay. Eventually, well, Baker Mayfield gets to the playoffs. He's gonna be on that wall. He's gonna be on that wall. <laughs> it's a possibility. I mean, like I said, it's a it's a very distinct possibility that could possibly happen. Um, yeah, Bryce Harper is this interesting because and it's so funny because I remember the um, last year when we was watching, I was watching the All Star game in the home run derby. And I'm thinking to myself, this is it. I was like. I was like, this is this almost. I see how Cleveland fans feel, like after LeBron James left. I'm just like, this is what happens. And like you said, when you're, you know, when you're a small market team like that, and especially the way how MLB is structured, where it's like, you, you know, there's no salary cap, so it's like, you know, teams are somebody's going to give him this kind of money, regardless. And back to the Calamari 
thing. Like you said, that's why one of the main reasons why I said he should play baseball because, like you said, it's guaranteed. Football, in a sense, it comes with the like the star. It comes with probably more of a little bit more opportunity to make a little bit more money outside of your contract, but you cannot beat making thirty thousand thirty million dollars a year guaranteed. So if anything, so until he's thirty nine years old, he's going to be making thirty million dollars annually. Most NFL players aren't going to make it to thirty nine years old. It is going to be only be a fraction, and with his size, what because the day he measured at what five ten, two hundred and seven pounds. Well, no, he was he was five ten, and like and two eighths of an inch, and he was two hundred and seven and two hundred and seven pounds. You're going to be very hard pressed for him of his size to be somewhere, or not somewhere, but more so of making that kind of money. After, because Bryce Harvard been in the league for about, I want to say, because he's 26, so he's been around about five, six years. So basically, Bryce Harvard probably entering maybe it's like his 18th or 19th season at the final final time of that contract. So you think to yourself, eight, uh, you're basically a 17, 18 year veteran. You're not going to be making 30 million dollars playing football unless. You know, but the, the chances of that is highly unlikely, especially at that position, because in in his even though he stays in the pocket a little bit more, but he's still susceptible to injury. And like NFL contracts are written on toilet paper, as we know, as we know, you know, you're an injury away from being cut, essentially. Yeah, and yeah. like you said, basically. Football's more so performance based. Yeah. And this with Bryce, regardless of his performance, and that's the that's the crazy thing about all of this. Even when the production falls, he's still going to get the money. I mean, because you think about the other guys. I mean, you think about A Rod. His, you know, once he kind of had to tell him that Texas deal, you know, um, that also Albert Pujols. Those type of guys who kind of really tailed off, and they still got their money. You know, NFL, you have, you know, Albert Pujols-type numbers towards the, the twilight of your career. Oh, you're released. I mean, you're done. Like, you're not going to, you know, and you're probably going to sign somewhere for a fraction of that price. So, yeah. Yeah. That's sounds like, and, and, the funny, and the beautiful thing about baseball, and, and this depends on your personality. If you're one of the type of people who don't want to be in the the quote-unquote I, like as far as being known, baseball is a perfect sport. Like I, I can guarantee you if, and I'm just going to throw a name out there, if like, like Baker Mayfield, like Baker Mayfield, if you, if if we had to do like a test, if we were like down, like, like downtown Manhattan, just just as a as an example, if you had if you had Baker Mayfield and Mike Trout, I guarantee you, if you had a hundred people, a hundred people would probably know who, who Baker Mayfield is. I will guarantee you, probably about sixty percent of the people 
would know who Mike Trout is. Or less. Because baseball is such a it's a sport. It's a, it's, it's, it has marketable stars, but they do a bad job of marketing. Because you look at a guy, even like a Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, I mean, he, he you know, if he played in another sport, if he played in the NBA or or, or NFL, he would be a mega superstar. Like he's still a star in his own right, but not not compared to if he played in a, in, you know in the two major sports in the world. So, you know, it just depends on, on your profile. Yeah, you're right. But the problem is baseball is not really – the majority of popularity don't really watch baseball because baseball is too long. It can get boring. Only time that's really exciting is the World Series. Yeah, and and that's one thing where they've been trying to do certain things to kind of – the process, but – it's just it's one of those things where they became stagnant. I think when you look at baseball, the same things, you know, it hasn't evolved. I mean, it just don't have the, you know, certain things are the same. Like, I know they're trying to change the pitch count, like, to make sure, you know, as far as, like, having a pitch clock, which that speeds up the game. Like, I'm cool with that, but it's other things that they need to do, but, you know, here and they there. Need but, a short, they, need, they need a short season. They need to make it. They need to cut it down to a hundred games instead of hundred and sixty two. Yeah, but the only thing with that, they aren't gonna do that because of the money. That's the only yeah. thing about it. Because it's like, cause essentially you're gonna cut down thirty home games. Well thirty one home games. Ain't no owner on, on this earth ever gonna um ever gonna agree to that. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> So speaking of owners, we gotta we gotta we gotta talk about the big elephant in the room, the elephant in the spa lounge. Well, no, not technically, but Robert Kraft. Now, of course, Robert Kraft today pled not not guilty to charges of solicitate solicitating solicitating, pardon me, prostitution at a Florida massage parlor. Now, of course, it's alleged that. Um, Robert Kraft paid for sexual acts on two separate occasions on January 19th and January 20th. Of course, January 20th being the day of the AFC Championship game. And also, there's videotape to prove that um, that that actually that 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 put him at the scene of the crime, the alleged crime. And of course, the um, the spa at at hand, which is the Orchards of Asia Day Spa is actually linked to a month-long human trafficking probe. So, first of all, your your thoughts on the Robert Kraft situation? I mean, this is a, <laughs> this is gonna be a slightly funny topic. Yeah, I mean, he wanted a happy ending. What <laughs> <laughs> man don't want a happy ending? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I believe, I mean, I I believe that prostitution sh- should be illegal because how you gonna tell somebody what they can do if they can't do with their body? I mean, I I get that part, but to me, it's just it's just one of those things where it's just like, wow, like I mean, for somebody of that magnitude of that nature. 
a man that's worth $6.6 billion who basically has FU money. His kids have FU money. His grandkids have FU money. You know, with that type of with that type of money, he's gonna leave, that he eventually will leave behind his his you know his you know people who you know his descendants who basically you know have you know that kind of that you know that kind of cachet for the rest of their lives. There are, there's other ways that he could have went about these type of situations. And I don't want to condone, in essence, to to do dirt. But to me, I've always felt as though, especially of that type of nature, when you do dirt, kind of control the narrative of what the dirt is. Like I always say, like if you like if you're doing stuff illegally, in a sense, do it on your own home turf, where you you can kind of control the narrative. You don't have to worry about cameras. You don't have to worry about eyewitnesses to an extent you can kind of if you if you kind of understand my drift where i don't like condoning doing these type of acts but you 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 know it's it's sloppy i put it this way it's sloppy it's embarrassing and it's sloppy this is one of those things where he, this could have been done in a different way in a, in a way where he could have controlled it yeah, I mean, you're right. He could have been somewhere more secluded. Yeah. And that's my thing where, you know, especially when you know, when you're that, of that type of nature where, I, even though he doesn't necessarily have, he, he does have things to lose, but with him being such a high-profile figure and, kind, and, and knowing that the ramifications that if, if this happened, like we said, now for the rest of his life, when you Google Robert Kraft, you're going to have the first thing that you're going to see is this case, especially even if this case, you know, I, I put it this way, if the case goes further. And and I just hope God forbid, if TMZ does get this film, please do not show it. I, I do not want to see this. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, that's the first thing I thought about If there's a video I do not want to see it I do not TMZ whatever you do If you ever get the tape Don't do not put this on this website Don't put it on your website Don't put it nowhere Because we all know that's going to be the number one Most shared thing Of 2019 And it's going to be something That you just can't escape and I just don't want it. Like you said, we'll go on Facebook one morning, and everybody is is sharing the post. I don't want that. I don't want that. I please, please, whatever. I you know I don't. But to me, I found it very strange because I think when we first found out Friday, and that's one thing. That's why, like, I'm kind of glad sometimes when these things happen that. It is his get. It basically gave us six days to kind of read the stories, do a little deep digging, and do a little bit more, more, you know, and, and us being able to kind of talk about it more, just due to the simple fact that we have a little, you know, we have a little bit more context of the story and what have you. Because I think when we first thought on Friday was okay, he's a part of this human traffic ring, and I'm thinking to myself, man, this is this is this is bad. This is terrible. 
And, you know, once everything gathered, the details of what happened, of course, him going into the to the spa and, you know, doing what he had to do. So, and and what what I find funny is that, you know, because everybody at first initially linked him to it, but, of course, we, and I don't, like, to me, in my personal opinion, I don't think that he is, involved in that actual operation. This is like to me is the classic case of if someone purchased like if, if somebody purchased some, you know, like, you know, some drugs to somebody, even though you're the consumer, but you're not a part of the quote unquote the drug trafficking portion. You know, like, you know, when we have people like who traffic drugs through state lines, through countries you're not a you're the consumer of a a particular product that doesn't make that doesn't make necessarily link you to the actual the mastermind of the crime so that was my biggest thing with that and i find it very very convenient that all this stuff happens once you know because you know now he teamed up with meek mill and jay-z for this criminal right. reform thing, right. and I just think, and that's sounds like right. now, now all of a sudden they want to find some dirt on them, right? And I think, and that's the most, that's the bizarre thing about it, where I find it interesting that, and that's why it's like, okay, because now, and and that's the thing that's and that's what makes the media so kind of weird and how. Like it's just weird how they can turn the story, because it's like I mentioned earlier. We all thought, oh man, he's a he. You know, they made it seem like he was like this kingpin of human trafficking, which we're like, oh, that's despicable. Like yeah, he's, he's not he, right, right. And I mean, I you know, and of course, you know, and I always listen to sports talk radio as I you know drive around and throughout the weekend was hearing stuff. And I mean, I was telling how people were talking about that the Pages need to lose draft picks. The pay, you know, he needs to sell the team to his son. You know, his, he need, the son needs to take over the operations of the team. And I'm thinking to myself, we got to slow down before we do these type of things. Because even though... I mean, he he's going to get off, man. Yo, yeah, absolutely. He's going to, like, yeah. And that's the thing about it where... It's, and that's why, like, people don't, like, and I've even heard people say, well, okay, he did this particular act, and, okay, well, he obviously knows about human trafficking. No, no, you don't. Just as, like, if, like, like the, the the example of the drug thing, where, okay, if, this, if somebody does, sells a product or whatever, do you think that person is, like, the drug lord? You just think of that person as just the average Joe that's selling you whatever, that's just like anything. That's like anything that's like it's like a consumer. Just as like if you like, and we know people like say for instance, like because you know how they say if if you buy from certain people that you're supporting or unorganized crime. So just like if you're helping a friend, like say for instance, you know somebody who has a product and you know maybe some clothes or whatever, and it you know and they're trying to say that it's linked to something bad. That doesn't mean, in essence, that you're that you're a part of the problem, even though you are the consumer of the product that might have helped contribute to it. But at the end of the day, you you don't know that when you're consuming the product. 
Yeah, that's it's like that's like right. the big controversy over um, Gucci right now with the blackface. Right, exactly. Right, and that's where and that's where it really comes down to. And my thing is, it's in to me. It's one of those things like the only thing that's really is going to happen is just gonna, it's just going to be shame on Robert Kraft, and I think that's where it ultimately what's going to end up happening. Because to me, it's I mean. They, I know they're gonna punish him, but at the end of the day, when you're an owner, I mean, how can you really essentially be punished for something like this? I mean, from the NFL wise, because okay, like Jim Irsay, Jim Irsay, he was the one that had uh, you know drugs in in the car and one hundred eighty thousand dollars, and he only got he has to spend it for like six games. But I mean, what is that? What does that really mean? And that's the thing you about the game it. At home. You can, right. <laughs> and, and and right. And 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 that's the thing, that's the I hate saying stuff like this, but this is what happens when you're the owner. In essence, you're bulletproof, especially when it comes to the NFL. Now the right. law the law's gonna take care of the law itself, you know, and I still think it could be it's a beatable charge, but I'm just gonna stay strictly on the punishment that of the NFL. And this is where, and I, and I hate that, I, like I, I preface it, and I hate saying it like this, but this is what happens when you're the owner. You're not going to really be punished. Okay, yeah, you can, like, and I've heard people say, well, suspend him for a year, but guess what? He's still going to get money. Okay, you suspend him for that amount, regardless. Yeah, they probably he, say he can't spend the game. He's still going to get paid. He's still going to get paid. Exactly. You're going to have people attending the game, parking, he's still going to get paid off of that. Okay. He said, and people, you heard people was talking about, like I was telling you earlier, like when we, when we kind of, when this story was in its infancy, people talk about that he should sell the team. Okay. If he sells the team, guess what's going to happen? A man who's $6 million, $6 billion net worth, he's going to end up probably going to end up being 10, almost $11 million. I mean, 11, $11 billion man. Because if he sell that if he sells that Patriots team, he's gonna get paid at least four or five billion dollars. I mean, hell, even I mean, even you know the the six time Super Bowl champion New England Patriots, if they come on the market, oh, he's getting about he's he's gonna get about four billion dollars. So guess what? He's gonna sell it, and guess what's gonna happen? He's gonna make money off of that. So it's almost like to me. He's he, he he's not gonna be punished, and that's what happens when you are the owner of something. He's bulletproof. He's bulletproof. So that's why I'm. Right. I was like, and that's why I understand how people keep on, you know, because whatever happens, he's still gonna make money. It's like that's the that's the crazy thing about this whole story. Everybody wants to punish him, and I understand that. This way, this happens. I mean, somebody of that nature and somebody doing stuff like this, it should be a punishable offense. But you can, and that's why I hate when people, and this, and this is one of my biggest gripes about Shannon Sharp. And I, I, I love Shannon Sharp. And he was saying how you know the owners get treated differently from the players. Of course, they're going to be the owners sign the check for the players. That's what happens. And when the owner does something. Guess what? He's never going. He's never going to. He's never going to receive the type of punishment like players because players, 
their biggest asset is playing. Their biggest asset for an owner is owning. So it's, it's there's never going to be an even playing field between somebody who is wealthy versus rich. It's point blank. It's, it's never it's never it's never going to be fair. It's never going to be fair, especially from a player the owner perspective. When you own something, you're not held to the same standard as the people that you're writing checks for. That's right. He's a check writer, so right. of course he's not. He's not going to be disciplined. And what Roger himself? Oh, Roger Goodell go hard on them. Okay, so suspend Robert Kraft for a year. He's still going to make billions of dollars off of that team. Yeah. They they fill up that stadium. He put butts in that seat. He's gonna get paid for for putting butts in that seat. Regardless, you can he can be away from the team all you want, but and, I, and like this and that's that's not this thing that's this very interesting of how that dynamic is. I mean, it's just, to me, it's just like we understand at the end of the day. Yeah, isn't it very embarrassing? It does put. Uh, it, it does put, it does in a sense tarnish his legacy. Um, it's it's not going to affect him as far as he's going he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, but just the whole shame of when we see Robert Kraft's name, if we do a Google search on Robert Kraft's name, this is what's going to come up, and you know, and he can feed at this point he can feed ten billion people in Africa, which still it, this top story is going to be. This prostitution thing. So you know, any other any other thoughts, um, Bill? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with you. That's pretty much it, man. I mean, like you said, as soon as you Google search Robert Kraft, the first thing is gonna come up. Yeah, and uh, and of course the uh, you know, Orchards of Asia Day Spa in Jupiter, Florida. But I was like, and and I hate to, well, I would say I hate to do this, but that's wild. Like, think about it. This man, the day of the AFC championship game, he does his thing in Florida, flies out to Kansas City for the AFC championship game. Crazy. Crazy. Man. I mean, it's like that, but hey, so of course... No, of course. I, from from one Boston legend to actually the the a struggling franchise that is the Boston Celtics. Um, the, now of course the Celtics, you know, interesting. Uh, currently, uh, they're thirty seven and twenty five. They're fifth in the Eastern Conference. They are a game and a half uh, behind Philly for the fourth spot in the Eastern Conference. Now, of course, and what was very interesting. The Celtics haven't won a game since the All-Star break. They have not won a game since February 13th, and they are, I think they have a four-game losing streak. They even lost the Bulls, you know, to my beloved Chicago Bulls. You know, the the future home of Zion Williamson, which we'll talk about Zion Williamson a little bit later. But your your thoughts on the Celtics? Um, They they pretty much lack chemistry right now, and I think Kyrie Irving is going to leave. Yeah, me personally, because I don't see him in the Boston uniform next year. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think like he, I think his his 
and that's that's one thing too. You have to look at these. Um, I could just tell he's utterly frustrated. I mean, even even back from when they played the Knicks a few weeks ago, the whole thing about you know, well we'll wait till July first. You know, just the frustration of you know people asking him about that, and then he was teed off about Kevin Durant that um, when they spoke to each other during the tunnel. And he kind of took offense to it, and I'm thinking to myself, that's the easy thing to explain. I mean, I understand you can get frustrated by the simple fact of they're getting mad at you. Not mad at you, but they're just questioning what you guys are talking about. I mean, yeah, that can kind of piss somebody off. But at the end of the day, I mean, you can rush it off and say, hey, man, this is me and KD. That's my boy. We're going to talk. You know, that ain't nothing, you know, secretive. And then it's just the then the other night after they got Molly walked by the Raptors. He's like, well, ask Brad, you know, you know, as far as the, the struggles and just certain questions. And he's just like, ask Brad. And then yesterday when they lost to Portland, I mean, it's like he just it's, it's weird. So they come, you know, they they break the huddle, they go to the bench for a timeout, and Kyrie just throws his hands up, like, and it was just like the most weirdest thing. And I think, I don't know, it's just the Celtics, even though, I'm going to put it this way, because it looks like they're going to end up staying, in, and we're looking like we're headed towards a Boston-Philly first-round matchup, which is very bizarre, because when you think about it, this was, a lot of people looked at this as a potential, you know, going into the season as a potential Eastern Conference final, and this could be a first-round series. And whoever loses in this first-round series, I mean, you're talking about wholesale change, especially on Philly. I mean, if Philly loses that series, I mean, you can expect Brett Brown gone, and especially with the Celtics, which I think the Celtics are going to be a different team, you know, soon. But I don't – you know, that's going to be interesting with the Celtics. And it's weird because they have, they got to do something because – and I don't – I just – I'm like you're saying, it's just weird. But Brad Stevens, I give him credit. He loves him some Gordon Hayward because he keeps him in that game, and he's he's struggling. And yeah. I just never understand, huh? That's gonna get that's gonna get him fired. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately. And to me, I'm like, if you look in it, and I just can't understand like a guy like a Jalen Brown is on the bench. He doesn't even start, and I'm just like. You know, this is like probably one of the best young, young perimeter defenders in the league. That's yeah. just sitting on the bench. I'm telling you, like, but I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, them Danny Ferry, Danny Ferry in New Orleans is looking like. Mm, I think I'll take that. Like y'all, y'all still want AD? All right, All cool. Right. Because that's why I think that's going to ultimately what's going to happen with them. I think they're going to have to pull the trigger on somebody because I think the way this team is constructed, it's just, it's just too many <laughs> it's too many cooks in the kitchen, right. in my personal opinion, where it's just like they got to kind of balance it out. And it's kind of just been – it's just been a free, free fall. And I think – and it's weird how and – and it's, and it's funny that I've came to this conclusion, you know, recently, probably in the last few weeks, that this team actually might be better off without Kyrie Irving. Yeah. I mean, because you think about it, and, and with a Gordon Hayward, 
Because yeah. when you think about it, I mean, this team was good. I mean, this team this team was was a came away once again from the NBA Finals. I mean, they were pretty much a Jeff Green hot fourth quarter away from becoming, you know, before coming to the NBA Finals. So uh, that's that's my biggest thing about it. So it's just like, okay, what what are we gonna do now? You know, do we we're just gonna let? Because I think ultimately, letting Kyrie walk, it may not be as bad as we thought it could possibly be. Because they really didn't give up much. I mean, when you think about it, even though, I mean, Colin Sexton, I still think Colin Sexton is going to be a good player in this league. But then that's that's the only really asset that would be, in, in my mind, it'd be like, oh, you know, we did give up that potential. But, you know, who's to say, well, you know. But they got the most out of that, of that trade because that was that Brooklyn, that was that Kevin Garden had and Paul Pierce trade. That was the end, you know, so it's going to be interesting. And then, because they got a lot of assets, and then if Sacramento don't make the playoffs, they'll be giving Boston their pick. So Boston has a lottery pick. So, I mean, Boston's going to have to do something. I still think Boston Boston is going to make it to the second round. I still can see these teams still make it to the conference championship. And I'm really not sold on Milwaukee. Yeah, I know me either. I'm not sold on Milwaukee either. Yeah. Milwaukee always played good in the regular season, but come playoffs, they choke. Yeah, because he even looked at last year's series when they played each other. And so I'm telling you something about Milwaukee. And then it's weird because in this, in like, this team definitely reminds me of the 2015 Atlanta Hawks. Where they're a good team, like you said, good regular season team, you know. But then you you think about it, is this team, you know, is this team really ready for the for the prime, you know, for, for the playoffs and for you know a deep postseason run? So I, to me, it's still a it still could be a Boston Toronto Eastern Conference Finals for me, and you know, I still think Boston can get it together. I think. Like you said, it's more so just the chemistry. Like, they have to get the chemistry together. They got some time. They got, you know, let's look at it, maybe about six weeks before the playoffs. So, they just got to get it done. I mean, they got to, they have to get it done. But we're going to see. And also, um, of course, as we talk about the two most historic teams and franchises in the NBA, of course, we got to talk about the Celtics. Talking about the Celtics. Now let's talk about your second favorite team, <laughs> the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> That's not my second favorite team. Of course not. Of course not. I'm doing that for shits and giggles. But well, um, yeah. Uh, the Lakers not gonna make the playoffs. I mean, LeBron, he's out there to, to make movies and TV shows. I, he doesn't care. He's 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 old man Brian now. Oh man, sour grapes, sour grapes over there. Old man Brian, he's washed up. Old man Brian, he washed up. Oh, washed up Brian. Mm. Yep. But um, yeah, this Lakers team is weird. Like, 
they're, they got lucky. They won yesterday because just imagine if they would have lost yesterday and Sacramento and Minnesota lost. Like, and, and, it's, and the crazy thing about it, they're three games behind the Clippers. And to your credit, you said that the Clippers were still going to hang on to their A spot. When that's the, well, yeah, to the A spot. So, I mean, it's going to be very interesting. And then, and, and what's the weird thing about it is who they got to go against. And the, and the weird thing about all that. Is that with the West, with the West how it's constructed? I don't think they have they have a uh, series series win a series win over any of the teams that they're like dodging not dodging but the teams that are in their way. Like I don't think they have a, a winning record against them, so that's going to hurt them as far as if, like say if it's the last night of the regular season, you know. Um, you know, you might be a game behind, but at the same token, you know, the team that you could possibly tie with, they have a they have a better they have a winning record against you, and you automatically lose the tiebreaker off of that. So, right. and I just think, and that's what, and this is one of those things where, like, I keep saying this all the time. I'm not surprised at where they're at, to be yeah. honest with you, especially considering the fact. LeBron James missed a quarter of the season. Yeah. I, I I even said even in the rec, even before the season started that their ceiling was probably sixth. I seen this probably was the sixth best team in the West, and maybe this the you know the lowest is probably like like ninth or tenth. Because to me, this team really wasn't good from the start. I mean the team. Because the really the, the the really thing about this team was was 2019 was the summer of 2019 that was the biggest draw it was like well okay we just that's hence the the guys who they bought in they bought in for a one year deal because of that so they can clear up space because right. that's why and so to me when you make those type of moves and it's like you get a guy like a Lance Stevenson um you know you uh, Rajon Rondo which. These guys are. I'm not trying to say that they Boy Scouts, but they 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 really like malcontents. Like they're not, you know. And then you don't really have shooters on that team. And then you got a guy in LeBron James who hasn't had a ball in his hand to do anything. Even though the weird thing about it is, he's not going to conform to playing off the ball. I'm ready for you. I'm I'm I'm, I'm giving you an alley hoop. I just gave you alley hoop, Bill. <laughs> Four corners. <laughs> Four corners. But yeah, um, so I think that's just very interesting. Like you said, it was more so a 2019, and just the, the simple fact of this the the young nucleus, and then the whole thing of him calling his teammates out, and you know they don't have a certain sense of urgency. But to me, it's almost like how can you call somebody out? On not having sense of urgency, and you met, you know, and you just got you just got back, you know, you just getting back in the swing of things. I mean, you just came back like what the first week of February. So it's just like well, he got. I think we came back like January thirty first or something like that. So I'm just like, oh no, that's right, because he came back. 
Yeah, he came right because that's right because he came at the end of January because he missed that Golden State game that Sunday before the Super Bowl. So, and that's 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 one of those things where I'm just like, it's hard for me to, in essence, say like you know how can you call these guys out and you just came back like, you know this whole sense of urgency thing. I'm like, you need it on yourself. And then the whole thing with the young guys being in these trade rooms, it's going to affect you. And that's I hate when – that's one thing I hate about Paul Pierce. And I, I like Paul Pierce. I really do. But for him to keep saying, well, you know, why does Matt Jones have to apologize to them? They're grown men. They're making money. And I hate when people say stuff like that because at the end of the day, yes, you're making money. And it ain't like, you know, like, and, 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 you know, we've worked places and we've had work drama, work turmoil, but just imagine, or just rumors of, just imagine if you're in, if, if you're in a department and, and you, and they want to trade you to another department and everybody in the whole world knows it. Right. You're going to be affected by it. You're human. And I remember mean, LeBron talking about something, well, you know, all they do is check their social media. What do you do? You do the same thing. All right. And that's why I like, it's, it's, don't ever understand how people, how you're faulting these guys and then you're trying to make it like they're soft. They're not soft. You got to understand this. And it's always the old players that say that. You, you didn't have Twitter. You didn't have Facebook. You didn't have a 24-hour news cycle like we do now. I mean, you can't escape it. I mean, honestly, right. you cannot escape it. And even with us, and we, you know, and I've been, you know, working at jobs, and it's a half time. I can't escape half the stuff that I had to deal with between people texting you, emails from work, from job. You just imagine, like, even the simple stuff like that, if you're – your boss is texting you or emailing you about something that needs to be done the next day. But just imagine if the uh, 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 millions of people are tweeting it out, they're talking about it. Oh man, guess what? That man, you know Lamar from 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 the mailroom. Guess what? They're trying to trade him to another department. And you know, oh, you know, just imagine they saying all that type of stuff, and then it's like, okay, I'm hearing on ESPN. I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it on on you know every sports channel. I'm hearing it even on my local news. I can't escape it. Even if I my phone, okay, somebody tweeting about it. Oh man, you heard about Lamar? They're trying to trade him to the to back to the mail room. They're trying to trade him here. They're trying to trade him to the accountant. Oh no, they're trying to trade him to the accounting department. They're trying to account him to the finance department. Right. And just imagine you having to deal with that. Every single day, and that's why they, and that's why I hate when people keep talking about like, well, it shouldn't affect them that they're making money. Yes, I understand that people are making money, but sometimes it's more than just money. And you know, these and, and these guys are young. Like you can't, and and we live in such a different age. And I used to be one of those type of people where, you know, they are soft or whatever. But in in this world that we live in, it's different than when we did. I mean, even when we were young, you know, when we're in our twenties, we didn't have the stuff like we do now. I mean, we still had the twenty four hour news cycle, the the television, but we didn't have the social media, where in right. essence you can kind of escape from that type of that type of norm. 
you had one little place where you could escape. And then just imagine, and these kids can't go out nowhere. And that face is, I want to just, you know, I'm I'm done with watching television. I'm done with this. I'm done, you know, done with being on my phone. Where he gonna go? He can't walk in no park. Them kids, like Lonzo Ball and Cal Cal Kuzma and, and Brandon, they can't walk around L.A. just aimlessly. People are gonna approach them and people are gonna talk about the trade. So it's it's so hard to me, and I'm not giving them sympathy, but we still gotta give these kids the benefit of the doubt that this can affect you. They are human beings. We gotta stop turning these athletes and making them like they're a machine. They got feelings just like everybody else. Right. The right. thought of you having the the thought of you having to, to, you know, go to another city, having to adjust, I mean, it, it, can, it can give the normal person and even the, the multimillionaire a case of anxiety. Right. So, yeah. Um, so, of course, um, they, yeah, they, um, of course, they lost. And what's weird with the Lakers, they've been losing to a lot of teams that actually are tanking, which is the weird thing. I mean, you lose to them. You know, they're in the most of the teams they lost to are taking for Zion. Yeah. And I mean, they, it was, the they almost lost their Cavs twice. They lost the Cavs once. They almost lost to them twice. Yeah, because y'all beat them at at Stables. Because they lost yeah. to um they lost to Memphis the other night, and they, that defense. And that's why I tell people like, how can you? And that's and that's why I like. How can you sit there and you talk about people and their sense of urgency? But this man let my boy, the birthday boy, Joe Kim Noah, and Joe Kim Noah is on the wrong side of 34. The wrong side of 34. This man came down and had an uncontested dunk. LeBron was maybe about uh, maybe a few inches away and didn't even contest it. And you talk about a sense of urgency. You let this is the same dude who do chase down blocks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he he played passive lane defense. He don't play right. no real defense. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, and you talk about somebody with a sense of urgency, and then they let. And I remember they it was in one play. They had I think um, the guy from Memphis was coming off a screen, and LeBron just stood there. I was like, and you, and and that's and that's why it's and that's why it's like how can and, and if I'm like the young guys because essentially the, the sense of urgency, urgency, he's 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 talking to the young guys, the ones who who he was not him, but who they were going to trade for Anthony Davis. So I'm thinking to myself, why in the hell you gonna talk you gonna talk about me like this? But look what you're doing on defense. You half assing on defense. And you telling me about sense of urgency, and we letting Memphis. We going to Memphis and getting beat. We going to New Orleans and getting beat. Then we lost to the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> like, and you talking about some sense of urgency, and you ain't playing no defense. We can have, we can roll the film. I guarantee you, between those three games, we could probably have a, a, a hour long film session of him not playing defense in, in all three of those games. It's amazing. Oh, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron ain't trying to say some more rings. He's, he just, he's just out there to try to make movies. 
<laughs> Basically. <laughs> All right. So um, now of course the um the Rockies um, beat the the Warriors the other night. So my thing is, do you think the Rockets could beat the Warriors in the seven game series? If Chris Paul stay healthy, yeah. Big if. Yeah. I think the same thing. Um, it was weird because at first I was like, "Well, they lost a guy like in like a Trevor Reza that really hurt them initially." They kind of got back on track, like you said. Chris Paul is the engine that runs that team. I like the pickup of um, Fareed, and I also like the pickup of um, Austin Rivers. I think that's going to really help them. And I'm not kind of say that they kind of replace um, as a um, Luke out of Luke, I'm just going to say Luke. I'm not going to butcher this man's last name. <laughs> I'm not going to butcher his name, him and Trevor Reza. But they're nice pieces for that team that kind of gives them a little bit of depth that they was really lacking at one point. Because, I mean, poor Michael Carl Williams, I hate saying stuff like this because he was a former ball. But he was playing some, some considerable minutes in the beginning of the season when they were, like, trash. And that's like that's not a good sign. Like if you see Michael Carter Williams playing twenty plus minutes, I'm sorry, but it ain't going good. But um, yeah. So of course, speaking of the Warriors, now of course, Draymond Green. Um, of course, um, there's been reports that he's um he's going to be signing with Clutch Sports with your with your guys, oh, with Clutch yeah. Sports. Yeah. Um, just your thoughts on just you know clutch sports and just you know what are your thoughts on it. Uh, basically, you signed with LeBron. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean they, I, they, uh, they monopolizing fucking NBA, which I don't blame them. I mean, I don't, you know what, and I, I don't blame them in a sense because at the end of the day. The players never going to have rights, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so for the players to have some type of slice of control, I'm cool with it. I'm not really like up in arms about it. I mean, I know a lot of people are upset, but I think Draymond understands the big picture. He's up for a contract in 2020, and he's trying to, and he's and he's trying to try to get him a little a, a max deal. That's what he's trying to do, and I think, you know. He, he, he and it's funny that we live in this strange NBA world, but I still think I don't I don't know if he's gonna get a max deal, but he's gonna get something close to it. And it's the weird thing because to me, if I seen what was it, um, KCP, KCP got almost twenty million dollars, didn't he? I forget how much yeah. KCP got. And I'm like KCP got money. Well, you know KCP is Davis Caldwell Pope. Um. I was like, that's crazy. I was like, but that's another clutch sports buddy buddy thing. And it's, it's weird. It's like the mastermind. Because a, a part of me, I'm cool with it. Because I understand, I understand Draymond Green's the big picture. Because you know, Rich Paul is by far probably one of the, you know one of the biggest names of the ownership. You know, I'm not ownership, but of agents in the league. But I think with this. I think that's going to be the final missing. That's going to be the final piece of the end of the Warriors dynasty. I think. Yeah. 
<laughs> because to me, at twenty in twenty twenty, because I think because we know KD's probably more likely it's gonna be gone. Clay's probably more likely to stay, and I don't think they're really gonna sign. He's gonna. I think Rich Paul's gonna kind of strong arm the Warriors. And I think this is actually going to be a. I think it's going to actually be somewhat of a fight because I think when you look at Draymond Green's numbers, it suggests that he shouldn't have a max deal. I mean, because I think he's he's averaging like seven and a half points a game. Like he does, he doesn't even have a double. You know, you know, I think like seven rebounds, seven points, and like seven. What was it seven? It was seven points, seven points, seven rebounds, and seven assists. A game, that's like his career low, and you know, of course, that's due to the, you know, of course, with you know Kevin Durant being there, and that thing, and his production is probably gonna pick up a lot more next year, and then I can see the Warriors in a sense kind of, hey, can you, you know, give us the home team discount, and then you know somebody dumb like Detroit gonna sign them probably, you know, I'm just putting it out there. Because they yeah. would get ready to give him a max deal, what was it, 2014 or 15, whenever his deal was up then? Because they would get ready to give him a max deal. And I think Golden State, um, I think they end up just matching it or or what have you. But I know Detroit was throwing some money at him. And that's the weird thing about it, where he's going to be. And that's why I think it's going to be such a struggle, because I think Golden State can kind of be like, look, sign for a little bit less money. And then I think Draymond, I don't know if he knows this, but I think most people in NBA circles will know that if he goes to another team, his style of play isn't going to be as as vital as it is in Golden State. He's just he's an integral piece of that team. He's like the engine right. that runs it. But if he goes, like I said, if he goes somewhere like Detroit, he's just going to be like, he's going to be on the NBA milk carton. Right. Essentially. He's going to be a, just a guy that, Okay, yeah, he won championships in his early years, and then he's just gonna, he's just gonna disappear from NBA lore. He's just gonna be, you're just gonna see him one night, one night in Detroit, and then you're gonna see him no more. Right. Basically. So I mean, yeah. I just think it's interesting, and of course, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's just. It's, it's interesting, you know. Of course, him and him and Draymond are boys, and I would not be surprised if he goes to the Lakers. Yeah. I would not be surprised if he goes there, and because to me, I don't even think I don't. And people keep on talking about like like a lot of people will come to the Lakers next year. I don't think so. I don't think the big names that like people thought thing are coming. I don't think no one. And and that's the weird thing about it. Nobody and I think, wants to play with LeBron. Right, and 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 this is and right, and this is when the whole Cleveland notion, the whole is going to be thrown out the window because everybody gave him a pass. Because well, why would somebody want to come to Cleveland? But at the end of the day, I don't understand. Like to me, I don't understand that because at the end of the day, if you because you know you only playing from October to maybe. June or July. I mean, well, June. And that's if you make it to the NBA Finals. This is the NBA. Right. I mean, it had a time you're not even in Cleveland. So, you know, just because right. it's a small market, I'm like, but dude, NBA players have homes all over the country. Like, right. so to me, why would Cleveland be like, 
would would be like a deterrent. I mean, I understand the weather and all, but you're traveling. But half the half the games you're traveling. Right. So it's like so why would there? Right, and that's what Kimbo was like. Well, that's the reason why Mars Automine didn't want to come. This and that. No, because damn, Danny Ferry didn't want to didn't want to trade JJ Hickson. Right. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the big. That's the I biggest problem. Hicks in a heartbeat, in a New York minute, well, in a Cleveland minute. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, no offense, but that's the that's in essence is the issue. That's the problem, in my personal opinion, because like you said, and even Kevin Durant hit it on 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 the head. It's just the toxic. It's just toxic, because like I, I feel, and it's so weird. It's like the kid. And it's so funny, like, and I looked at them in the summer league, like Cal Kuzma, Brandon Ingram. I'm like, man, do y'all understand what y'all get ready to get yourselves into? Right. Like, <laughs> and I uh, think that's and that's people, people, people in L. A. want LeBron out of there now. Yeah, and and that's the thing about it. And I think this summer is really going to be telling as to what Kevin Durant said. And I think Kevin Durant is the weird thing about it. Kevin Durant was prophetic. Because like I said, and now we can't blame the Cleveland excuse. Like the Cleveland excuse could be out the door. Because they could and and why at that time I would definitely would want to play with a prime LeBron. I you know, I wouldn't want to play with him now considering the fact the injury. The groin injury, even though he's back at a, you know, he's back. But those type of things even you know, because you, now you think to yourself, is he prone? Is now is he going to be prone to injuries now? Because you think about it, he's thirty four. You know, it's one right. of those things where it's like, do I really like? And when I think of you know, if I'm thinking of a, if I'm a free agent, do I really want to play with somebody of that type of nature? You know, so that's why it's, it's going to be telling what's going to happen in in, um, in free agency, especially because I, I think they really lost in Anthony Davis sweepstakes. Especially oh, yeah, Boston. Yeah. When I think if Boston comes into play, Boston offers a whole lot more. I oh, mean, yeah. they got way more. They got way more uh, assets to offer. Yeah, and I, don't get me wrong. I do like Cal Kuzma, and I do like Brandon Ingram. But if you can, if you can give me a guy like a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown, two guys who have proved proven themselves in the playoffs, I would rather take that. Then the you know then Brandon Ingram and Cal Kuzma they're two great players, but if they're offered on the table plus a lottery pick, possibly Sacramento don't make it. Uh, I think I think we all know the obvious, you know, because they might have to throw in, in, in yeah. So to me that's my thing. So of course, um, so you know of course we talked about clutch sports. A guy who possibly might be signing the clutch sports, which I'm going to put it this way. It's probably about a 95% chance that this guy that we get ready to mention will be a clutch sports representative. And, of course, we got to talk about Zion Williamson, of course. And it's funny. Do you remember when we talked about Zion Williamson last last week? Yeah. And remember, and that's why I was like, you know, it's so, you know what was so weird about when we talked about Zion Williamson last week, because we were talking about the slam dunk contest next year. And then I made a mere mention of, well, you know, he is Zion, he'd be great, you know, barring if, you know, if he isn't injured at that point, even though he won't be injured, hopefully not in 2020. But the night that I said that, 
this man gets hurt. I thought that was really bizarre. Like when I heard heard the playback of the podcast last week, and I'm like, damn, I really I really put the damn near the kiss of death on him. It's weird. Pause. Oh man, you jinxed him, man. I jinxed him. I said, "Well, yeah, pause." <laughs> I said, "I gave me a kiss of death." Pause. Um. Anyway, yeah. Now, of course, Zion Williamson. Um. And this last week against um North Carolina, where he slipped and ripped open his shoe. Now, of course, during that injury, or well, during that, he also sustained a mild knee sprain. He's been out for the last two games. So my thing is, should he sit out? For the rest of the regular, well, for the rest of the season, for Duke, or he should um, come back. I mean, it all depends on the severity of the injury. If it's real severe, he should just sit out and just get ready for the NBA drafts. Yeah, my thing is, I've been kind of like back and forth. I want him to be a hundred percent healthy before he gets on the on the court. And and it's one of the things I don't know how, because I know in the pros like the doctors they'll clear you for anything you can, and I know that firsthand because I remember with Archie three, I remember I would see him at training camp during practices afternoon warm ups, and he I mean he was still limping I mean he was like he had a noticeable limp, you know he was what at that point he was like eight months removed from an ACL injury, and miraculously they cleared him I'm like. He's not ready. So my thing with Zion, and, and, and this will go with most athletes, and most of them probably do, and they just maybe just I just don't know much about it. But I think he needs to see if he, you know, those type of situations, you got to go when you're 100%. A doctor will always clear you to play. But you have to be 100%. Because at the end of the day, and that people, and that, even though he has an insurance policy, because they say even if he drops down the 16th overall pick, he gets $8 million. But at the same token, a guy who's going to be making possibly, by the time his career ends, if he still remains healthy, could be making hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, $8 million is great. Don't, don't get me wrong. $8 million is great, but not compared to he can damn near double and triple. Well, not double. He'll double his contract. He'll probably double it, you know, next year. But, I mean, 10 times worth of that insurance policy. So my thing is, like you said, be 100% healthy. If need be, get a second opinion from another doctor, somebody that's outside of actually the the profession, per se, where, you know, they can – they can basically say you're ready and there's really no affiliation with the team. Because a lot of sometimes, and we know this happened in football. I don't know about basketball, but we know guys ain't the guys ain't ready, but they've been medically cleared to play. Right. <laughs> I mean, we just know that, you know, it's just this the I call it the tongue in cheek um <laughs> taboo of the National Football League. But um yeah, it's I, I think if yeah, I think he should come back if it if he's healthy. I just hope he doesn't come back next Saturday when we when we play him on senior night. I, I just I'm, I'm just I'm just being honest. Come back for the ACC tournament or, or the NCAA tournament. 
this you know sit out sit out for the rest of the regular season, big fella. We're trying to we're trying to sweep, dude. We're trying to get the number one seed. I'm sorry, but I, it was crazy because I seen the game. I was like, oh man, like man, he's hurt. I was like, then I'm gonna have to hit excuses. Well, I don't know why you hype about about USC winning. If Zion there, y'all were a loss. Which man, that's the name we got. If 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 was a fifth, we all be drunk. So I'm like, look, let me marvel in my and you know in our win and things going, you know, that stuff was going to happen. And so, um, and of course, you know, the NBA has always been saying that they're going to try to change this one and done rule. So, what are your thoughts on just the um, should a should a player, especially like a guy like a Zion Williamson, could should somebody like him make the lead to the NBA instead of going to college? Um, I mean, it all it all depends. I mean, if, if he feel like he's ready, he should go to the pros. But if he feel like he want to um, develop his game even more, he should stay in college. I mean, it all depends on how he feels. If he feel like he's ready, he should go in the league. I mean, yeah. if he feel like financially that's the right move, then he should just go. But my opinion, I think he should just go ahead and go to the draft after the season because he's guaranteed to be the number one pick. Oh yeah, yeah, he's gonna, yeah, he definitely gonna be leave Duke. Um, I think what one and done. I just think honestly, I honestly think that if you're a high school player and you receive feedback because and and, and, and if you're ready to go to the league, go. Because to me, and that's one thing I hate when people say, well, this rule is in place to protect the GMs and the owners. No. Honestly, this rule is to cover your ass so you won't so you won't look crazy. Because these guys get feedback from NBA GMs, and these guys know. If you tell the 18-year-old kid that he's a top five pick, what do you think he's going to do? He's going to leave. But then when he's 24, 25, you consider him a bust, and then you're like, well, he should, you know, it's all about decision-making. No, you made the decision for him. You cannot sit and tell an 18, 19-year-old kid. And that's the thing I, that's the thing I don't, I'm like, they kind of, in a sense, piss me off about the NBA in a sense, where it's like you blame these kids, but these kids are getting feedback. And I, and I understand some, some kids make the decision. And I understand, but to me, if you're telling the kid that he's a lottery pick, He's going to leave. If you tell the kid that maybe he's a second round or maybe late first round, then that's on him. These kids are informed. And that's why I like that. I hate when these, it's just it's to say the NBA, no. These kids, I know, they get enough feedback. They know that where they really stand. They get feedback from the league. That's why, like, that's why when you see a lot of these college guys, when they declare, they don't declare. Because you know, if you declare with an agent, you're you can't come back. Then you see a lot of people who declare for the draft and don't hire an agent. They go through the process. They get the feedback from the league, and then that's when they make their decision. Most time, most people go back because some people, like, if you're you know, if you like maybe a sophomore or junior and maybe you're a second round pick, well maybe I need to go back to the first round. But to me I think even if you're a high school kid, if I if someone if if a, if a if 
a system like they have where GMs are basically telling you, you're a first-round pick, why the hell not? You got to think about it. I'm going to have guaranteed money for the next four to five years. I'm going. Like, you I mean, and that's the thing about the world, the decision. The decision's already made. You think I'm going to sit in college and be like a Zion Williamson who people going to the game and spending $3,000 for a ticket and I don't get an iron dime and you're telling me well, as a high school senior that, hey, you're a first-round pick and you're going to have, you know, and you got a guaranteed contract for the next four to possibly five years. Sign me up. So. Yes, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's right. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, I mean, and, college, they, they, they make all that money off you using your likeness and you ain't right. get paid for it. Right. Because like Zion Williamson, you think North Carolina and Duke, even though that's probably one of the most storied franchises in the South, you are never going to pay $2,600 for a ticket at Cameron Indoor Stadium for a North Carolina Duke game unless you have by far one of the most polarizing athletes of the 21st century. Uh, so that's, that's what happens. This is what happens. And this kid gets nothing off of that. This man could have had a catastrophic injury from tearing his shoes, guess what's going to happen? Duke still Duke has a shoe deal with Nike, the same company that damn right. could have damaged his career. He's going to be wearing those for the rest of his Duke career. And it's just like it's crazy, like and that's why I was like. So to me. And this is why the NBA, they keep saying, well, that's, you know, you know, it's it's just a good way so they won't, you know, they they won't make a bad decision. Well, you're giving them feedback because all these decisions are contingent on what the league is telling you. The league is telling you, you're an 18-year-old kid, that basically you're a shoo-in to have a guaranteed contract. You have a guaranteed contract. What do you think I'm gonna do? Oh no, I'm gonna go to school. I'm I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to school, and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna have people pay three thousand dollars to see me play. I'm not gonna get an iron dime. All I'm gonna get is free tennis shoes and lawyer lawyer for no, no, being. No. I'm gonna I'm gonna make money and right. Right. No, I'm gonna and be just like my license. Right. And that's what and that's why I think that's why I think where. That's going to be the gap. I think ultimately at the end of the day, because I've always had the scenario of play, of college players getting paid, but I think that's probably the best way because a lot of people, when I say they should get paid, and a lot of people, I do get a lot of the detractors, and that's necessarily so, because a lot of people say, well, how can you pay, like, in, just to give an example, you pay Zion this kind of money, and then you pay the 15 men on the bench the same kind of money. And then I was like, well, maybe merchandising or whatever. But I think the best way, and it's like the Olympic model, where guys are just getting paid off their likeness. Like to me, like if a Zion Williamson, if he, if just it's just an example. If he has, a, you know, if a sports bar wanted him to sign autographs for like an hour or whatever, he should be able to profit off of that. Like the whole right. thing with Johnny Manziel and the hotel thing, 
Dell's orchestrated through a booster. So to me, it's like y'all. He's gonna get in trouble for something. He he got in trouble for signing autographs. I'm like he got in trouble for using his likeness. I mean, it's like that that doesn't make any sense because whatsoever. The NCAA, they they some crooks. They want right. they want basically this modern day slavery. They want you basically to make money off you, but you can't make money off your own likeness. Right, and and to me and. Especially in 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 that realm, because a lot of people, because you know, we compare athletes to their contemporaries, their classmates, their kids in school. So, say for instance, if if um, we're just gonna just throw a name out there. So, say for instance, if uh, the 15th uh, member of Duke basketball was like Mark Zuckerberg, and he created a social network. Just imagine if if somebody like that created a Facebook type of app or a Facebook type of concept in college. You mean to tell me this kid could make money off of that, like Mark Zuckerberg did? And it's just like that's the thing about is like these kids. Like I would just say, based on the keep it fair, is based on you know their you know their own rights. Where not their own rights, but essentially. Off their own name, they can make the money off their own, off their own name, which it makes it makes perfectly sense. And this is where the financial problems. I'm not going to say that they're going to end because, of course, you can't compare. You know, because to me, I think even if, because just imagine if he would, if they would have had like a pep rally at Duke. Just imagine they just had a pep rally the day or the night, the day before, at a restaurant. Okay. Zion Williams said he's going to be able to take pictures. He'll be able to take pictures and do autographs. He'll be there for like two hours. And if I'm like Zion, or he gets somebody, hey, I want 20% I want twenty of what you made, plus I'm going to charge people for autographs. Or something like that where I can, you know, where he can negotiate off his likeness. Because guess what? He goes into that bar, that place is going to be sold out. There are going to be people lining at that door to take a picture yeah. with him or to get an autograph. And you don't think that something like that can kind of, and that's the thing I don't like, and I'm not going to say that that's going to eliminate the one and done, but to me, if you're one of the type of people, you still want to go to college and you don't want to kind of deal with that type of stuff, then, you know, so be it. But this is what happens with the league. And it's like they say, well, you know, these kids, but this is what happens. I don't care even if you have a kid 18 or 19 years old. You can't. That's the thing. They blame these kids. And I'm like, you cannot blame a kid that has came from an impoverished background. And this man, you're giving this man a four-year, $20-something million contract with a five-year, with a fifth-year opt-in. I don't care how mature you are at that age. That getting that kind of money, and the simple fact of, and 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 you have so much free time, and that's people don't understand. Like people don't like it. Ain't about. It's not. I'm telling you, it's not about that. And that's why it's so imperative for these guys to have like mentors, because it's that's just like any of us. I mean, any of us. Even now, hell, if somebody gave me twenty something million dollars, I'm gonna act a damn fool. And I'm right. almost 40. I'm 35. And it's like, just imagine if you're 18 years old, you're coming from, 
you know, most of those guys are coming from like poor, you know, from impoverished areas. They, you know, they were poor right. in life. So just they, imagine they what you miss, think. They never had nothing. Never had nothing, and now they got anything that they could possibly want at the finger at the at the at the, at, the, at their mercy. Right. So that's how it's like the NBA. He's just trying to do his thing, but okay, well. Let's talk about probably I think arguably probably one of the most I say cringeworthy yet awkward moments of 2019 thus far. I don't know if you paid attention, but of course there was a a halftime uh, performance by Jaw Rule at the uh, Bucks and the Timberwolves game. I think that was Saturday night. It was very. I'm telling you, I looked at that concert. It was very very interesting. Now of course um, the Bucks were celebrating 90s night, and of course he's like, well, they bought a 2000 artist for 90s night, and during this performance, I mean you can literally hear crickets, and then during the performance, you see a couple of Bucks players pretty much essentially warming up, um, get some shots off, <laughs> and of course um, the Timberwolves, of course the opponent. They tweeted out that we were <laughs> we were too hustled, scammed, bamboozled, hoodwinked, and led astray. <laughs> so of course, Ja Rule fired back. He said basically, y'all never gonna win a championship, and Carl Anthony Towns is gonna leave y'all. So he basically afflicted the little B curse. And then like Tuesday, everything we thought was gonna die down. And then this is when it got like a little worse. So, of course, he said, he tweeted, well, I put a little B curse on the Sacramento Kings. They had never won, a, uh, won, a, uh, they had never won, won an NBA championship. So, of course, he was trying to mention the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, of course, right. the Kings, with the most epic clapback of 2019, he said, um, basically, um, he said, <laughs> he said, basically, John Rule's hoop knowledge worse than the Fire Festival logistics. Now yeah. I, you must you have you have you seen the Fire Festival documentaries on Netflix? No, man. If you you see that, you would think this might might arguably one of the most funniest tweets of 2019. So of course you know, and of course, John's always gonna be like the butt of all jokes. Now of course, you know, you know, back in our day, you know, when we were teenagers, the whole Dave Chappelle, where's Jaw joke? Will always live on in infamy. Now, of course, um, you know, just to give you the Cliff Notes version of it. So, Ja Rule, there were two documentaries on Netflix and Hulu documenting a a um, a particular festival that was called the Fire Festival. It was supposed to be this generation's Woodstock, the, you know, the biggest musical festival. So, of course, he partnered up with a guy, a guy named Billy McFarlane who basically was the face of fire. And I think he, he was trying to bring Ja Rule in to kind of give it that type of, that face of it. Because, you know, he, you know, so it was, it was supposed to be like an app where basically it, it was like essentially like a hire, like you hire acts for a certain thing. So like if you wanted like a Ja Rule at your birthday party, for like, you know, you could book him on this app. So to get the funding for the app, they were going to, do this thing called a fire festival to kind of basically launch the app, you know, to get the funding for the app. So of course mm-hmm. they were charging people 
thousands of dollars for this, you know, for this trip. I mean, for this, you know, this couple day festival that was supposed to be on a secluded island, and it was just a disaster. I mean, these people paid thousands of dollars, and it was horrible. So of course, the whole thing. So that's what made it so funny about the, you know. And Ja Rule's not relevant no more. <laughs> yeah, that too. And then it made him relevant and kind of made him look like a, like a little shyster. So that's what made it so funny. So that's why it's like, you know, the whole the whole you know fire, fire festival jokes was like hilarious. Yeah, you gotta see them. See them documentaries. Either one or the other was funny, but the fire festival that joke. It was funny. Like if you look at it, if you look at those documentaries, you'll definitely appreciate the tweets that the Timberwolves and the Kings sent out. Man, it was hilarious. But um, yeah, man, it was yeah, it was it was very cringeworthy. And of course, he's coming off of that, you know, because those documentaries came out like in January. So of course, and then he 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 had no love at the Timberwolves game, you know, and Timberwolves game, but the Bucks game. He's like, you know, make some noise. No one made no noise. I mean, you literally could have hit a, a pin drop. That would have been I mean, the noise. You gotta think about it. This 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 new generation don't know who Jairo is. We know who Jairo yeah. is. Yeah, but and it was yeah. And I think for that type of night, it was because it was themed. It was that kind of like of a theme night. So it was more so like they did a '90s night, <laughs> which I would to me, and even after looking at it and even looking at it and everything. What I found really, really funny was him wearing a Ray Allen jersey. And remember, the Timberwolves drafted Ray Allen and traded him for Stephon Marbury. Right. <laughs> so that's why I thought it was funny. Like that's and that's the funny thing about it because I kept on looking like no one is saying that. I was like, I was getting ready to put that back on the comments on YouTube, but no right. one is saying anything. <laughs> So I'm like, yeah, I'm about to put that on. <laughs> but yeah, man. And that was kind of a bad trade. Timberwolves should have kept Ray Allen. Right. <laughs> shout, shout, shout out to Steph Marbury. Well, he's a he's a legend in China. Yeah, China, yeah, China the, over here. <laughs> yeah, man. The, the, the shout out to the shout out to the pride of Coney Allen that is Stephon Marbury. Coney Allen's finest. But yeah, man. So man, let's 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 put a bow on this week's Couch Coach Live. Um, let's see. Who gets this week game ball for you, sir? Uh I would say I would say shout out shout out to uh DoorDash for keeping <laughs> keeping a roof over my head. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, yeah, man. Um actually my game ball, I'm I actually had a um, did a very special event. Um, everyone definitely do a huge shout out to the East End Boxing Club. That is a boxing club here in Richmond, Virginia. It's headed by um, one of our guys, Malik Patterson. Um, he had an event last week, um, Winter Wars, and you know, I had the, uh, the privilege to do post um, post fight interviews um, for, of course. Um, E2E Radio and uh, 101.2 The Fam, which is going to be, you know, my my next new venture in in um in my my career, in my broadcasting career. So definitely um, be on the lookout for that. So definitely huge shout out to the East End Box Club. So any other final thoughts before we dip out, Bill? Um, I'm looking forward to NFL draft next month. Yes. 
Yes. I mean, not next month, April. And, well, yeah, I mean, you know. yeah, because think about it. By the time the show hit, it's going to be March 1st. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, next month. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Basically. looking forward yeah. to the NFL draft and looking forward to the NFL free agency. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to the combat. You gonna look at the combat on Saturday on, on ABC? Uh, I don't know. I probably, I probably uh, watch it on YouTube or yeah, some research on who the brows looking at. Hopefully, and, you know, hopefully we draft someone good. And also, and of course, for you um, NFL combat enthusiasts, and you want to, you you want a name to watch. I think you need to watch a guy named Greg Dortch, of course, wide receiver from Wake Forest University by way of the Highland Springs High School. Um, of course, he got invited to the combine, wide receiver. Pretty much, I'm telling you, man, it, this, this story is going to be inspiring, man. I think, you know, uh, I think he's going to be, I think, he, I think he's going to turn some heads this weekend. So, with, you know. So definitely look out for Greg Dorr. So remember that name when you are watching the NFL scout camp combine, especially for the wide receiver position. You're gonna you're gonna be in for a treat. I'm telling you, it's gonna be fun. So, um, any other thoughts? I say Eric Metcalf. Watch okay. Out oh yes. Yo, that too. I cannot believe that dude. That dude is gonna hurt some people. That dude. That dude is like a linebacker. When I say him, I think of, I think of John Madden when he said a deep leader. He gonna be a problem. Oh yeah, man, he gonna be a problem. He definitely gonna be a problem. So, man, so, of course, for Bear and Coach, man, this is Couch Coach Live, man. We'll see you guys next week, and we'll see you guys in March. They were over, man. Yeah, man. This has been Couch Coach Live.